How do you cure back pain once and for all? My next guest seems to have an alternative method to the conventional way. Hey there, I'm Clark with the Paleo Hacks Podcast. Happy Thursday. Welcome back to our little show. With us this week is Dr. Chad Edwards to talk about prolotherapy and uh, using unconventional methods to cure and get rid of the pain you're feeling in your back or any inflamed area you might be having. Other topics, we get into myths about uh, plasma therapy, stem cell therapies, prolotherapy, the differences between them, why icing and ibuprofen might be causing the pain and inflammation instead of helping it, and uh, hydrocortisone injections. Are they the worst thing you can do or the best thing you can do? Before today's show, I hope it goes without saying that I am not a doctor. I do not play one over the internet and no medical advice is being given about this show. We do get into some technical stuff, but I wanna be very clear that it's not a prescription or advice in any way. So um, always check with your healthcare provider before doing anything we discuss on the show. And whatever you do, don't try and do it yourself. Do not stick needles in places for fun. PaleoHacks.com. If you want show notes, timestamps, highlights for this show, head on over there. Be sure you check out our archives over there at PaleoHacks.com. And uh, lots of different recipes, forms, uh, advice, articles, tons of resources over there just beyond this show. Be sure you check that out. This is something I haven't talked about. I put out a course, The Ultimate Guide to Keeping a Journal or it will be coming out by the time you hear this. Um, So you can go over there, sign up for more info on how you can use journaling, something as simple as a little $10 journal to improve your quality of life and self-development. That's mybestjournal.com. All right, that's it. You ready for the show? I'm ready for you to hear it. Let's go hear what Dr. Chad Edwards has to say. My next guest is a board-certified family medicine physician He is the founder of Revolution Health and Wellness, which focuses on functional medicine geared towards optimizing the health of their patients. Dr. Chad Edwards, thanks for coming on, man. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. It's going to be a fun one. I was looking over your site, and there's some topics we've never uh, uncharted territory on this show. So I'm excited to get into some IV therapy and prolotherapy and skincare routines. Um, but before we get into that, I'm, I'm curious how you got into being the guy into all that stuff. What was your journey like? Yeah, so you know, I was, I was an exercise physiology major in college. I uh, worked with uh, a lot of soldiers. I was an enlisted guy in the Army, and then I you know, went to medical school, um, went did my residency at Fort Bragg, North Carolina, and had kind of a traditional training uh, in that regard. I got out of residency and went to 5th Special Forces Group. And when I was there, one of my commanders who worked in another special operations unit, he came to me and said, hey, I need I need prolotherapy. I was like, well, I have no idea what that is. And, of course, when your commander comes and says, I need something, and your job is to go find it. So I started looking into prolotherapy, and uh, actually my PA uh, at the time started looking into it. And we found a guy in Nashville that, that did prolotherapy, and he fixed my commander's uh, elbow and he came up and did an, an in-service exam uh, and was talking about what prolotherapy is, what it does, how it works. And this guy just turned my entire world on its head. He said, you know, I was an athletic trainer in college. I was, uh, you know, a, a medic and, you know, as an enlisted guy. And I had, 
T-shirts that said "Just Ice It," and this guy said, "Whatever you do, don't ice." You know, after an injury, and certainly don't use anti-inflammatories. And it just huh. it turned everything upside down. And I was like, this guy's either crazy or brilliant. And it took me six months, but I figured out he's onto something. And I was able to fix things that I hadn't been able to address before in any other way previously. Don't ice it. Uh, use prolotherapy, or what did he say? Don't ice it, and no and anti- anti-inflammatories like Motrin, Naproxen, those kinds of things. Okay. And so you started seeing this alternative method of reducing uh, inflammation or, or uh, joint pains or back issues, and you started going down that path. And that's exactly. And you know some of these some of the issues that I had dealt with in the past. You know, plantar fasciitis, uh, shin splints. There's a lot of things that you know just we didn't have good results in it. You know, yeah. I'd send them to physical therapy, and they may get a little bit better. It may help a little bit, but there was a lot of patients that it just didn't. It was very frustrating, and when I saw Rub, rubbing the Gatorade cup into the shin splints, exactly, yeah. exactly. So you know, with prolotherapy, I was able to turn that around in a way that I hadn't been able to previously, and it it was shocking. Huh. Okay. Um, and so now, before we start getting into that, you're doing a functional medicine practice, um, working with the everyday person. So describe the everyday person who's coming in and that you're working with. Probably the most common, from a functional medicine perspective, probably the most common patient that I see is a, a female, uh, we'll say uh, 30 to uh, 45, 50, 55 years old, that comes in and says, I feel bad, I'm tired, I'm fatigued, I have no sex drive, uh, I've been to you know three different doctors, nobody can figure out what's going on, yeah, and yeah. there's something wrong, I'm not crazy, I'm not depressed, uh, so figure that out. And that's probably our most typical functional medicine patient. Uh, Then we get males that need testosterone replacement, those kinds of things. That would be the typical patient. From a prolotherapy perspective, it can be it can run the gamut. They may be athletes. uh, They may be older patients with chronic pain. uh, That there there is no typical in regards to that. I had a teacher in college, a professor, and he was talking about this one student who gave up and gave a public speak or speech, and he was on the Wassel, which stood for like the Washington State board association or something ridiculous right. but no one knew what it meant because he never defined it so every time right. he said wassail it got funnier and funnier and funnier yeah um so i don't want prolotherapy to be that thing because right. i don't know anything about it it's starting yeah. to sound like the wassail to me uh yeah. can you kind of explain to me what prolotherapy is all about absolutely and prolotherapy uh, the, the term was coined by dr george hackett in the 1950s uh, when he wrote his book on prolotherapy. So this has been around for a long time. Hmm. And it stands for proliferative therapy. So basically, we know that ligaments and tendons are made of collagen. So, you know, It's like a steel cable that holds two things together. And the, uh, the collagen is like the strands of the, uh, the, it's the little strands in that steel cable. Hmm. So when you have damage to one of these ligaments and tendons, prolotherapy proliferates new... Uh, new collagen formation so we can actually restore the ligaments and tendons to their normal healthy structure and function Hmm. okay um sorry what does prolotherapy do one more time i I blanked when you were talking about that so basically what you're doing with prolotherapy is you're stimulating your body to heal itself that's it okay and it does that through inflammation you know we all think that inflammation is bad but inflammation in the acute phase is actually how your body's it's how it heals. That is the mechanism by which we heal. Uh-huh. Without inflammation, you don't heal. That's why you shouldn't take anti-inflammatories after an acute injury. So very interesting paradigm shift yeah. in the way we treat these musculoskeletal conditions. So we're just stimulating your body to heal itself. 
And, and how do you stimulate it? How do you, like I come into you with shin splints, what do we do? Yeah, so first we're going to do an evaluation. We're going to try and identify the areas that are causing problems. Um, and I, I, usually it's by palpation. I'm just pushing and poking. When you know ligaments and tendons are very sensitive, they've got a lot of nerve fibers in them. When they're damaged, it irritates the nerves. And that sends a signal to the brain causes pain. It causes a whole host of potential symptoms. Pain's one of them. That's why the guys with the shoulder injuries can't bench press and it hurts. Exactly. Or the pitchers throwing the ball over and over again. Right. Exactly. And we see a lot of uh, a lot of shoulder injuries. In fact, it's our number one yeah. area that we do. And our success rate is well in excess of 98%. It's amazing. Prolotherapy, I'm coming to you with shin splints. How would you go about fixing that? You mentioned addressing the problem, seeing what's going on, and then what? Yeah. Sure. So we're going to do an evaluation, physical exam. I'm going to push on those things. The nerves that live within ligaments and tendons are very sensitive. And when the ligaments and tendons are damaged causes pain causes it sometimes it feels weak sometimes you may feel like a kind of a numbness or a weird feeling like that mm-hmm. uh, but a lot of times it's pain so uh, when i push on those things and they'll be sensitive so that helps me identify the areas that we need to treat and then we perform the prolotherapy procedure which are injections and i use a dextrose prolotherapy uh, standard dextrose prolotherapy solution very 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 safe solution to use um, in fact you almost can't as long as you understand how to do the injections, you really can't screw it up. It's, mm-hmm. it's very, very safe. Um, and so we'll inject all of these areas. There's a little bit of lidocaine in the solution. Mm-hmm. So the lidocaine helps numb those areas up. And when they're numb and they don't, the patient doesn't have pain anymore, I know we've gotten the right area. So I'll have them get up and walk around. If that looks good, then we've gotten the right area. And then we're going to follow them and see how they do. Okay. Uh, so when someone hears injection, they're picturing like a syringe this big filled with all sorts of chemicals. What's in the actual mixture of the, the prolotherapy? Yeah, very, very basic solution. Uh, I use 50 per, 15, one five, 15% dextrose, which is sugar, sugar, water, sterile water, and uh, lidocaine. Lidocaine obviously is the anesthetic. Uh-huh. That helps me understand what areas that I need to get and if I've gotten the right areas. And, and completely inadequately treated the area. The dextrose, because of the concentration that we are using in this injection, uh, it causes a fluid shift. So the fluids will shift out of the cells, and it causes what we call crenation. Those, those cells in those tissues uh, will shrink, and that shrinking stimulates the inflammatory process. Hmm. Okay. Um, what was the li- libazone? What was that solution in the actual prolotherapy? Lidocaine. Lidocaine. Okay, yeah. and and what is that made up of? Is that's, that that's just the the local anesthetic. Uh, so if you were, you know, if you're going to get stitches, yeah, lidocaine numbs up the area so you can get your stitches. Okay. Okay. Got it. Um, and so prolotherapy is very safe. Ninety eight percent success rate. Uh, you mentioned that you shouldn't ice it and you should actually embrace inflammation, acute inflammation. Right. Um, can you kind of talk a little bit more about that? That was interesting. Yeah, sure. So, you know, if you were to sprain your ankle, you're going to undergo a normal reaction to that ankle sprain. There's going to be in the first uh, 72 hours or so, you're going to have the inflammatory phase and in part of your immune system is going to migrate into this area. And specifically what we're looking at with this, um, with, with the healing in regards to collagen is a, a cell called a fibroblast. Fibroblasts create collagen. That's part of what they do. So these cells will migrate into the tissues. We'll have a whole host of inflammatory chemicals come in. That's where we see that 
the redness and the swelling and all of those things that go along with you know that ankle pain and swelling that we see with uh, with a, an ankle sprain. Yeah. And uh, so that that initial phase is that first seventy two hours after an injury. Then we have a, the second phase is called the proliferative phase, and that's where you're actually making new collagen. You're trying to strengthen these tissues, and that occurs over about a six-week period after the injury. And then the last phase is the uh, the remodeling phase, and where the collagen, you know, these fibroblasts, they don't. It's not like they're laying down railroad tracks where they take a piece of collagen and, and attach it, and yeah. it's this linear fashion. They're just basically just kind of puking up collagen, so they just kind of spit it out. Hmm. And then over that 18-month period, we're, we're integrating that into the tissues, and we're orienting them in the, uh, in the structure that they need to be so that we get the maximum strength. So the fibroclasts giving out the collagen, uh, do they do that with just one session, or is this something you have to continue doing? Yeah, so they, they'll do that after a normal injury. Uh, that's why you know that six week mark that helps explain why a lot of people with low back pain will get better on their own in six weeks. Huh. You sprain your ankle, a lot of times it get better gets better on its own within six weeks. Yeah, so that that's an interesting mark for you know healing on our own uh, and with prolotherapy. So anytime there's an injury, anything that stimulates that inflammatory response, you're going to have those fibroblasts migrate into the area and they're going to begin to produce collagen. Because ligaments and tendons do not have a good blood supply, there's only a certain amount of healing that they can do. Sometimes it's sufficient and, and the pain will go away. You'll re- return to normal function. But a lot of times we'll get uh, – of course, I'm a little bit biased because I see patients that, uh, that they didn't get better by traditional me- uh, methods. And um, so we'll have continued and can be long-term pain. And with prolotherapy, we're re-stimulating that normal inflammatory response uh, trying to achieve the goal of full function without pain. Have you seen back pain go away? Because I know the L4, L5 is like the most common site of back pain. You know, it's one of the biggest complaints in the medical field is lower back pain. Um, wh- what have you seen prolotherapy do for people who are suffering from back pain? Well, throughout throughout history, back into the 1950s, and Dr. Hackett started in the 1930s uh, with his case series, but since that time, we've got a greater than 85% success rate in treating musculoskeletal pain and problems. Hmm. So, and that includes low back pain. And we have seen tremendous results with many, many cases of low back pain. In fact, I, in the last, since I've been doing prolotherapy, started in 2008, I have seen one case, only one case of true sciatica where there was actually a nerve root impingement. The disc was herniated, pushing on the nerve root causing pain going down the leg. Time after time after time, patients will come in and they'll say, I've got pain going down my leg, and they'll think yeah. that's a herniated disc pushing on the nerve. My experience, most of the time, it's a ligament or tendon causing radiating pain going down the leg. And the, one of the beautiful things about prolotherapy is that I can identify exactly where the damaged structures are because of the solutions that we use and the nature in which we do these injections. I would argue it's much, much, much better than an MRI. My dad got... Uh, he thought he had the sciatic nerve, and so he went in for a few, what is it, hydrocortisone uh, yep. injections, and yep. then I don't know if they fused it together to get rid of the back pain, but right. it was to the point, you know, he was a swimmer five times a week, very right. competitive, and he couldn't do it anymore. It just was right. too painful. He'd sure. walk around, you know, like holding his back, um, and then he got, I think, the surgery, and it was all better. Um, so the prolotherapy... How is it different than like the hydrocortisone injections? 
it's it's as different as hydrocortisone um, as day is to night. It's the complete opposite end of the spectrum. Hydrocortisone, uh, you know, any of the steroids uh, or any of the the uh, glucocorticoids are anti-inflammatory. We're trying to reduce inflammation in the hopes that we're going to minimize their symptoms. The problem is, is those those uh, those medications are necrotic to the tissue. They destroy the tissue. And we know this. It's in every orthopedics uh, textbook. We know that those uh, those solutions are damaging to the tissue. It's why you can only have so many of them so often. Yeah, it's kind like of, two or three or something. Exactly. So, yeah. uh, And we can't inject them. You know, If you've got an Achilles tendon problem, we do not inject steroids into the Achilles tendon because you can actually destroy or, or uh, rupture that tendon after having a corticosteroid injection. Yeah. So um, those are reducing inflammation and causing long-term destruction of the tissues, whereas prolotherapy is causing inflammation, enhancing the tissues. In fact, they've done animal studies where they did prolotherapy injections, dextrose prolotherapy injections, and the the uh, the tendon when they uh, they euthanized the animal at the end of the study and they evaluated the tendon, mm-hmm. and it was forty percent thicker than the control group. And it was 50% stronger than the control group. So we're making the tendons like bionic tendons. We're making them thicker and stronger than they were before the injury. Why aren't more people talking about this? Is it starting to come around? Because it's the first time I've heard of it, and uh, I did an exercise science undergrad. So, you know, of course, I know everything, right? Um, (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, we have people on the show all the time, and it's the first time I'm hearing about it. it. Is it still pretty underground? Yeah, I would say that it is, and there's a couple of reasons why it is. The first one is most of my colleagues will evaluate does something work or not based on the scientific evidence. So what's the study proving that it works? And unfortunately, many of them um, will not use an intervention unless there's a study proving that it works. My argument from a functional medicine perspective across the board is – I don't necessarily need a study to prove it works. Mm-hmm. I need to I need to make sure that I'm not causing harm. That's my biggest issue. Don't don't do any harm. That's the first dictum of medicine. So as long as I'm not doing harm and there is potential benefit, then that's a therapy that I would consider. So there's you know, so how do you get scientific studies? Well, somebody has they're expensive to do. You have to have funding. The solutions are very very simple and there's no money to be made in these solutions. So no one is, from a pharmaceutical perspective, is going to do a study on dextrose prolotherapy. So there aren't many studies proving that it works. In an environment where you have to have uh, evidence-based medicine to convince people that this works, there's just not enough of that. Now the second piece – so the first one is is a lack of uh, good scientific data. The second piece is – the studies that are out there are very conflicted, and there's a uh, – if I can take a step back and I'll tell the story about when I first started doing prolotherapy, I saw tremendous benefit, and I was an evidence-based medicine guy. In fact, when I was in residency, I was the resident in charge of evidence-based medicine. That was kind of how I thought, and uh, and that, w- that was a, a big reason why I shifted into functional medicine when I saw prolotherapy. So I did the injections on these on, on people and they were getting better left and right. I mean almost 100% of the time I was like, this is amazing. Nothing that I do in medicine is this effective. So I started looking into the research and I said, if I'm going to do stuff like this, then I better know what the research says 
and be able to you know, defend my position and things like that. So the first thing I looked at was the Cochrane Collaboration. Uh, and if your listeners are unfamiliar with the Cochrane Collaboration, they're a group that evaluates the scientific evidence and then uh, they'll, they'll look at the quality of the studies and what kind of studies are out there and then they'll make a recommendation. This works or it doesn't. Are they kind of like and, skeptics and they're going through everything and seeing if it's yeah or nay? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh, they, they looked at five studies on prolotherapy and their conclusion was that it didn't work. So hmm. I've got a problem. I see that it works because my patients got better, like almost all of them. And now I have a study that shows that it doesn't work. This doesn't match. We've got a real problem here. So I, I pulled all five of the studies that the Cochrane Collaboration reviewed, and I started reading the actual study that they looked at. The largest study was done by a, a physician out of Australia named Yelland. And I think this will underscore the point of, of why they came to their conclusion. The study had, um, I think it was 110 patients, and they had two groups. It was a randomized, placebo-controlled, double-blinded study, which would be the gold standard from an evidence-based medicine perspective. And they, uh, so the neither the physicians nor the patients knew were they getting saline injections or were they getting dexterous prolotherapy injections. So two different groups. One got one got saline injections. One got dexterous prolotherapy injections. And at the end of the study, they. Um, they said that there was no statistically significant difference between the two groups. So uh, from their perspective, this was no better than, quote, placebo, so it doesn't work. That was their conclusion. Now, there's a couple of problems with that. The first one is that uh, you've heard of dry needling. No. Okay. Uh, very common in physical therapy, uh, dry needling is where you take a needle and you inject it into the tissue. And there are studies validating the effectiveness of dry needling. Again, oh, so like placebo, sugar pill. Exactly. So, yeah. um, and now with, with dry needling, there is a physiologic effect. It's not a placebo. Um, so we know that there's an effect with that. So mm. if we are doing an injection, we're sticking a needle into the tissues and we're injecting saline, we're thinking that that's a placebo. The problem is, is we know just sticking a needle into the tissue causes a change and there's an impact with, with that patient. There is an outcome with that patient. So uh, then when you inject any solution, you can cause an inflammatory response. So in effect, we're evaluating two different therapies. Okay, because even the saline would cause exactly. the inflammation, which could cause a similar effect as that's, the prolotherapy. That's correct. Since that's now, the mechanism for the healing. Exactly. Okay. Now, at the end of the study, the, re- the thing that really drove this home for me was the average duration of pain of patients enrolled in the study was 14 years. They had had 14 years of pain on average. At the end of the study, both patients were very happy. Both groups were very happy with their results. So both patients got better. Hmm. A better conclusion, instead of saying prolotherapy doesn't work, a better conclusion is saline is as effective as prolotherapy because yeah. these patients got better. Right. So, that that's one of the many reasons why you know that study does not disprove prolotherapy and i would argue that it's it is showing the additional benefit and there there were a lot of other things when you look at the procedure they limited the procedure to 10 milliliters of solution i might use 100 in a low back so it's it's a very different procedure than what i do but regardless they got better yeah yeah that's interesting too cuz the dry needle 
if that stimulates somewhat of an effect versus saline, it's two different things, like you were saying. I, I think the number one thing people would be skeptical about at home is that, is it safe uh, thing? And, you know, when they hear needles and injections, they immediately go to, like, Jason Bourne in a chair getting injected with, like, truth right. serum or something. Right. Um, so the actual... The actual mixture is, is relatively safe and used on a uh, everyday basis, right? Yeah. It's just dextrose, right. uh, the lidocaine, lidocaine, and then was it water? Yep, okay. sterile water. Okay. Yeah, exactly. And you know, to to go to your point about you know, is it safe? The former Surgeon General of the United States under President Reagan, so we're talking in the eighties. Uh, his name was C. Everett Coop, and. He was actually a, uh, a an advocate for prolotherapy, and his statement was the nice thing about prolotherapy, if properly done, is that it cannot do any harm. Hmm. So the, the whole risk of the procedure itself is related to the needle and the injections. The needles that we use are very thin. Uh, so I use a, the, the biggest needle that I use is a 22-gauge uh, in diameter, uh, which is a relatively small needle, and I'll use a 25-gauge needle for a lot of things. And I'll even go as small as a 30 gauge for some other. So a 30 gauge needle is like a hair. I mean, it is a little bitty needle. Hmm. So most of the time, it's fairly well tolerated. Uh, I do offer uh, sedation or medications to kind of you know calm patients down. I would say 98 to 99 percent of my patients don't need anything, uh, and they I they take it. It's free medication. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Have a good time while you giving me prolotherapy, exactly. Doctor Chad. Uh, you know, and obviously, you know, we want our patients to, you know, to uh, have a good experience when they come to see us. But our ultimate goal is that they get better. And I'm I'm balancing, you know, when you when you take a medication uh, like Valium or Versed or Fentanyl or one of these kinds of medications, it's you're going to be knocked out for a few hours. I mean, you may be awake, but you're not you're not productive. Yeah. A lot of my patients will come in and get prolotherapy in the morning and then go right to work. So. There's no downtime with this. Uh, many of my uh, athletes are working out the next day, not at their highest level, but I want that movement. I want motion uh, yeah, because yeah. That, that helps with the circulation, which ultimately helps with the healing. So I don't generally give medications, although we can. I mean, I've got some patients that need it. And we, we can do that. And I forget, was it an ongoing treatment or is it just a one and done kind of thing? It, it's all really guided by the patient. Now, on average, the average patient needs between three and six rounds of the prolotherapy procedure in order to achieve that goal of uh, full function without pain. Is that spread out we, in the six weeks? It's, I reevaluate every four weeks okay. because when you look at the way that collagen is produced, we want to maximize that collagen production. So I reevaluate between three and four weeks, and then we'll repeat the procedure at that time. Uh, and the average patient, three to four weeks. So we're looking at three to six. I'm, I'm sorry, three to six procedures. So we're looking at on average three to six months, and they're they're back to their normal baseline without pain. Where would you recommend people go to find like a prolotherapy in their area if they have back pain or shin splints or anything like that? Yeah, and that's a really good question because there is no quote certification for prolotherapy. Any physician can hang up a shingle outside their clinic and say, "I do prolotherapy," and I, I'll. Hmm. I've seen some really talented prolotherapists, and I've seen some really, really shady prolotherapists. Can you and do it? Can you do it yourself? <laughs> uh, I actually do it myself. Yeah, um, it's prob- it my probably own. a learning curve. Not the safest thing sticking thirty gauge needles into you by yourself. 
Yeah, exactly. Uh, so the uh, to, to answer your question, and I strongly recommend that patients do something like this. There's a an organization called the Hackett Hemwall Foundation, and it's HackettHemwall.org. Uh, if you want to put that in the show notes or you know whatever, yeah. HackettHemwall.org and go to the list of prolotherapists. Okay. The Hackett Hemwall Foundation has probably the most rigorous training requirements of any organization out there. You have to spend a significant amount of time one-on-one with a with a trained prolotherapist um, in order to be on the list of recommended uh, recommended prolotherapists. So I'm the only one in Oklahoma, um, and you got a fact, monopoly on it. Exactly. Don't you get certified in Oklahoma, people? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, but it, I, I think that's probably the best place to start because okay. you just don't know. Yeah. Uh, another organization would be the uh, American Osteopathic Association. Uh, no, 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 no. American Orthopedic Association, uh, the AOA, and they also do a lot of training on prolotherapy. And a lot of the people in the Hackett Hemwall Foundation are also in the. Uh, in, I'm sorry, it's AAOM, American Academy of Orthopedic Medicine. There we go. Okay. Yeah, it sounds pretty safe just hearing it for the first time. I mean, just that mixture alone. I mean, like aspirins probably got more chemicals in it or even some of the things that are legal in like a drugstore you go to over-the-counter medicines and there's or supplements you know there's you can order bioidenticals online and just start dosing yourself diy um but when all of a sudden when you break out like needles people freak out and throw their hands in the air even though it might be less dangerous than some of the stuff that comes in like a pill form sure yeah i mean it it, this it's incredibly safe. The last serious side effects that we saw were literally in 1956. So, you know, a long time ago. It's very, very safe. I've done thousands of procedures and I've never seen a single uh, complication, uh, even a mild complication. I just, we just don't see them. We're very careful with how we do the procedure. Um, and, you know, we make sure we get good follow up and patients are taken care of in that acute phase. And, and we get incredible results. Have you heard of stem cell therapy? Or absolutely. Okay, yeah. is that is that similar, different? It's it's very similar, but uh, so I would I would argue that there's three basically phases. So you got prolotherapy. You know, it's a you know we're injecting these solutions that we've talked about. There's also PRP or platelet rich plasma therapy. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you've have you heard of PRP? No. Okay, so. You know names like Kobe Bryant. I mean, there's been several. Uh, is that where, sorry, is that where they spin it in a centrifuge and then they yeah. inject it back in? Yeah, that's exactly right. So basically, and the concept is the exact same as prolotherapy. We're just using the 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 growth factors that are derived from platelets to stimulate that inflammation, and it's very effective. It's a little bit more expensive, um, but we'll draw the patient's blood, spin it down in the centrifuge, and we'll draw out just that platelet-rich plasma portion. So. You know, very effective. It's a little more potent than prolotherapy, but it costs a little bit more. Hmm. Uh, average patient who needs between two and four rounds. So PRP is also a great way to go. Okay. Then the last step that I would consider would be stem cell. And, uh, you know, there are several different ways that you can harvest stem cell. You can use adipose tissue uh, or, or the fat tissue and go in and get the stem cells from there. You can do a bone marrow aspirate or what we call a BMAC, and you can get stem cells from that. And those are autologous, meaning they come from the patient. Uh, and then you can also use a donor stem cell. And the one that I use is uh, out of the uh, tissue bank from the University of Miami. Hmm. Uh, and they're using amniotic stem cell. Lower cost, uh, very effective, very good. Uh, so I give the patient the option and let them choose. But 
so we do stem cell as well. And I usually guide patients uh, to do stem cell if we're having knee or hip problems inside the joint and we're trying to regenerate cartilage. Uh, you know, they're, they're bone on bone. You know, they've got a lot of knee pain and they're just not responding. Yeah. Then I would look at stem cell for that. But I almost always do it in conjunction with PRP and or stem or uh, uh, prolotherapy. It's kind of a good breakdown. It's like beginning, middle, and last resort. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and probably cost too. I mean, prolotherapy yeah. is probably cheaper. It's, yeah, well, it's much cheaper. I mean, you're looking at, depending on the area, I in our clinic, we charge by the area because it's based on complexity, how much solution we're using, safety, all those things. Uh, so anywhere from you know $150 to $500, depending on the region. Wow, yeah, that's not bad um, at all. Right, and that that is per treatment. Um, so you know, three to six rounds. I mean, you're you're talking you know for like low back, fifteen hundred dollars. Yeah. Uh, now stem cell, um, I incorporate PRP, the platelet-rich plasma therapy, and I use a higher volume, and so on the uh, on the amniotic, and that. You're looking at a little less than three thousand dollars for that, and that's you know for a one-time deal. But stem cell is you do one procedure and that's it. Um, I mean, just seeing my dad walk around with that pain when I was growing up, just like clenching his back and just couldn't do anything. Right. Uh, it seems like a investment to get rid of that. That's what he was saying. He, he tried acupuncture, he tried inf- anti-inflammatories, he tried medications, he tried icing it, he tried elevating it, different right. kinds of beds. Um, right. Yeah, so. Okay, so prolotherapy, um, who would benefit from this? What are some of the most common conditions for the people out there? We mentioned shin splints, yeah. back pain. Are there any others? Yeah, pretty much everywhere from the base of the skull down, I can inject. So, And it, and it runs the spectrum. So I've done prolotherapy for migraines because there's often a musculoskeletal component to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, neck pain, car accident where they had whiplash. Um, I've had um, shoulder is the number one area that we do. See a lot of CrossFit athletes, um, you yeah. know, whether or not they're doing their their techniques correct or incorrect. Um, and we've got some very talented CrossFit athletes, and we've resolved their shoulder issues. And our our success rate with, with shoulders, like I said earlier, is about ninety eight percent. I mean, it's really effective. Um, we've done wrists, things like carpal tunnel syndrome, lots of lateral and medial epicondylitis, or tennis elbow and golfer's elbow. Yeah, uh, yeah. Lots of knees, hips, ankles. In fact, I just. Um, I was a little late getting on the podcast because I was actually doing an ankle, um, and it was a very atypical um, ankle. It didn't wasn't kind of your normal sprained ankle. It was just atypical, and so you just have to work through them, figure out where are they hurting, and go for the area that's probably causing their pain. So pretty much anywhere from here down. Okay, fascinating stuff. And then, so if someone's experiencing, uh, let's say they just got some back pain, like me on the drive. I went to Yellowstone last week, sixteen yeah. hours from Seattle to Yellowstone yeah. and uh, my back was just screaming by the end of it. I was, I couldn't drive. I was hunched over and everything. Um, and my first go-to was to ice it and take some ibuprofen or something like that. Maybe do some foam rolling. What would you recommend to the, to me in that situation? So I would, everything that you did except for the, um, the ibuprofen, I you know, remember that ibuprofen They've done, again, animal studies where they uh, cut halfway through the tendon mm-hmm. and gave different animals um, – I think it was a rat study. They gave different anti-inflammatories to a series uh, of these animals. And at the end of the study, the groups that got anti-inflammatories didn't heal. The group they left alone healed very well. Mm-hmm. So 
I would argue based on those animal studies and what we see clinically that by taking anti-inflammatories, you're inhibiting the healing process. They help in the short term, but they don't help heal those tissues. But I think foam rolling, stretching, uh, massage, chiropractic, um, you know, all of those kinds of things I think are a great way to go. And remember that a lot of things will heal on their own within six weeks. Hmm. So if this is a recurrent or repetitive issue, uh, you know, you're not getting the benefit. And I would consider prolotherapy at that point. Are there any supplements like fish oil? I know that one gets a big, like the lubricating of joints for omega-3s and stuff yeah. that you've seen work. I, you know, working for the joints, no, uh, not, not specifically not fish oil. Uh, now, I'm a big advocate for fish oil because of a multitude of issues. It is relatively anti-inflammatory. It's not an anti-inflammatory like Motrin. So I don't recommend that my patients stop uh, the, the, uh, their fish oil like I would recommend they stop Motrin uh, because there's a lot of benefit to that. Balancing inflammation is probably a better way of saying it. Mm. Um, some of the natural anti-inflammatories like uh, turmeric, curcumin, those kinds of things may not be a bad idea. Boswellia. Uh, may not be a bad idea. There's some some question about things like MSM, uh, glucosamine chondroitin. You know, they may be of benefit. Is MSM the horse cream? That's the um, methyl. I, I think Joel Salamo was talking to me on the show. He buys like a tub, a tub of anti-inflammatory horse cream or something made for horses, and it was MSM or huh. something like that. Um, I don't know. Anyway, sorry to yeah, get you off. I, I don't know. Um, but so there's some things again going back to that. What's the risk? What's the potential benefit? So what, it may not be proven to work, but if we're not hurting somebody, then go for it. Maybe uh, maybe it helps them. Maybe it's just a placebo. Maybe just think it helps, but who cares? Yeah. If they're better, then who cares? Yeah, because the person at home might be a little confused. Here we are in the paleo community, whole food community, talking about anti-inflammatory, anti-inflammatory. This you can't get inflammation, cause heart disease, and then. In very specific areas with prolotherapy, inflammation is beneficial. And that's you want inflammation in specific areas because it's part of the healing process. Right. Right. And in that acute phase, when it goes, you know, beyond six weeks and you've got chronic repetitive yeah. inflammation, that's a problem. Okay. Without question. Okay. Well, cool. Um a couple more questions for you, Chad, before we let yeah. you go. This is a fun one. Flew by. Uh, these are our closing closing bits here. Yeah. The first one is looking back on 2016, 2015, what's been the biggest lesson you've learned? Oh, goodness. Uh, well, the first one, I, it's almost really more of a life lesson than anything else, but never, ever quit. Never, ever quit. Long story on, you know, and I won't go into the details of this, but just, you know, in my clinic, we faced a number of, uh, of issues and I had some staff turnover and things like that. And, you know, you just nose to the grindstone, just keep working and you know, at, at uh, I'm a big Dave Ramsey fan, and I was watching one of his videos the other day uh, in Financial Peace University, and he was talking about uh, this uh, this billionaire that read a book to his grandkids, and the book was The Tortoise and the Hare, and he says every time I win it, or every time I read it, the tortoise wins every time. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's keeping, um, you know. Hold true to what your what your goals are, and just stick your nose to the grindstone. That's probably um, the biggest thing. Uh, were you looking for specifically a, a, a medically? No, that's perfect, man. That though, I'd say nine times out of ten on the show, that's the way they go. It's out okay. of, out of the medical zone. <laughs> cool. Uh, what 
What sort of books or resources do you use, recommend? What are your go-to favorite things? Oh, gosh. Um, there's a list. Uh, right now, I'm currently reading The Omnivore's Dilemma. Um, great book. It goes into you know just the history of the industrialization of our food. Um, so that one I love. Of course, you can't ever go wrong with uh, The Paleo Solution by Rob Wolf. Love that one. Um, I, I do a lot with um, uh, Wheat Belly. Um, there's a, a book by Horowitz, uh, Why Can't I Get Better? And it's like the story of Lyme and chronic disease. Mm-hmm. That one is just a wealth of physiology and why do patients get screwed up. Uh, so that's a really good book. Um, so medically, those are, those are probably the big ones. Okay, great. And the last one, what have you changed your mind on in the past year? Oh, goodness. Uh, well, I recently started working in the emergency room again. Um, and so, you know, I, I like to keep my hat in that game as well. Uh, there's just a lot of benefit to, you know, you want to keep the, you know, keep a nice razor's edge on, on all of my medical skills and functional medicine is certainly one of them, but it's very different than, you know, traditional acute care medicine. Yeah. So the number one thing probably that I've changed my mind on is, uh, there are a lot of patients that come into the emergency room that, they may not have, um, they may not have health insurance. They may not have access to health care. And I used to think, you know, go look it up on the internet. I mean, they just come in for some of the dumbest things. I, I, I'm being honest. Um, they just come in for some things that you're like, this is not an emergency. And I, I used to get irritated with them. And now I just view it as my job is to take care of that patient in the best way that I can. They aren't as educated on this as I am. So, you know what? I'm getting paid to take care of them. Let's do the absolute best job that we can, um, and and just treat them as I would want to be treated, regardless of um, uh, you know uh, of, of their background. So, yeah. uh, used to you know get irritated with them. Now you know. Let's just do the best we can to take care of them. It's a good one because I think uh, being in the health community for I don't know a decade now and getting educated on symptoms and how to and nutrition and everything. I'm not perfect. I don't. I still have so much to learn, and that's why I love doing the show. But anyway, when you don't have that information, health seems kind of daunting and scary. Yeah. And when you get a headache, you might freak out and think you have something more serious, like cancer. And so you go to WebMD and type in your symptoms, and then it tells you you're pregnant. <laughs> and it's like right. that's impossible, right? Um, and so you can get you can go down that spiral for simple things. And I right. think it's normal for people. Uh, when they're starting out or maybe they're not as educated as people listening to this call because a lot of people are smart on this um, to really like put out the information and just be gentle and educate people. And, and it's, it's a learning curve with health, just like anything. Yeah, there's no question. And so often I see my colleagues getting bogged down in illness and disease. And if we would do a whole paradigm shift across, quote, healthcare, which isn't, as you and I both know, is not healthcare, it's sick care. If we would shift toward taking care of someone's health, health and illness are mutually exclusive. You can't have both of them. You know, you, if, you're, if you're sick, you can't be healthy. If you're healthy, you're not sick. Yeah. So focus on health. You won't have to worry about illness and disease as much. Dr. Chad Edwards, my man, our time has come to a close. Uh, Revolution Health and Wellness, is that the best website place to find you at? Yeah, that's for our clinic. I've got a podcast at againstthegrainpodcast.com. So that would be another one. Is that on iTunes as well? 
It is. Okay. Against the Grain podcast. Is that with Dr. Peter Osborne? No. Okay. That's me. Okay. I forget. Anyway, uh, another story for another time. All good. Uh, thanks for coming on, man. I really appreciate hey, man, thanks it. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. That's Dr. Chad Edwards, everyone. Fascinating stuff with prolotherapy, things we've never talked about on the show before. IV replacement therapy as well. Um, so I'm sure you can you can Google that and find clinics in your area if you're interested in that. Of course, no medical advice is being solicited over the internet. We don't play doctor over the internet. Um, so always check with your healthcare professional before taking on anything we just talked about. So we've been doing the show now for three years. Thank you so much for supporting it. And you know the best way to support this show is to go over to iTunes, leave a rating and a review. It takes three minutes and helps us out a lot. So this week's on-air review, get your name read on air, is from Bass Player Babe. She says, great discussion of topics. Clark keeps conversation lively and easy to understand. Thank you so much, Bass Player Babe. Really means a lot. You took the time to rate and review the show. Um, and we don't currently have any lined up. So if you want to be first in line to get your name on the air, your review read, head on over there. Again, it's, it takes three minutes and it helps us out a lot. Be sure you go to paleohacks.com, get the show notes, get the archives, all our previous episodes over there. Mybestjournal.com. Again, that's my course I'm putting together on how you can use journaling to improve the quality of your life, self-growth, and something so simple, so cheap, and it's, uh, it's really just on how you use it. So that's the course I put together. All right, that's it. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you back here next Thursday with, let me look, Mike Mutzel. Going to be talking about the belly fat effect, hormones, and fitting your diet, the perfect diet, on just an index card. What does it say? That's it. Thanks so much for listening. See you next Thursday.